What is up, everybody? This is Alex. And this is James. And you're listening to the American Toffee Podcast. Serving up the latest Everton news and stateside views. Let's kick things off. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope you're having a fantastic weekend off the back of a 2-1 win away at Leicester City, the King Power Stadium. So first up, let's talk about the lineup. We had some some really interesting changes. A lot of people have been have been wanting to see Richarlison up top. Jink Tosin still hasn't found form. Calvert-Lewin hasn't been able to cement his place up top. And because of the fact that Bernard seemed to have played really well Tuesday midweek, we saw him start on the left with Richarlison up top. And we saw Tom Davies with the captain's armband again. James, what do you think about that? Really buzzing back-to-back Premier League wins for the first time in Marco Silva's reign. Uh, I think the Richarlison up top thing was something that many fans had been crying out for all week uh, due to, again, like you said, the lack of uh, Chenk and Calvert-Lewin's ability to cement themselves up top and really influence the game in the way that we we want them to as a striker. And so I was really excited to see that lineup come out. We were texting back and forth before the lineup came out. And and once that, uh, and that was sort of what we guessed at, but it was almost, we didn't want to get too hopeful. Uh, and then when it came out, I was like, all right, we're going for it. Here we go. Big change. My initial thought was that we would definitely have to change the way that we played up top because we wouldn't Richarlison obviously can't play that target man role that Calvert Lewin and Jenk have kind of slotted into. And we didn't, we came out and we were very fluid up top, a lot of changing of positions, a lot of seeing Richarlison shift out wide, Bernard shift deeper, uh, switching wings, things like that. Uh, it was very encouraging from the start. Uh, what did you think? Yeah. I mean, exactly the same thing. I thought it was gutsy of Marco Silva to do it. Um, obviously, you know, one of the first things he says when when we sign Richarlison in the summer is he can play across the front, right? And um, Richarlison himself has said that he actually started off playing as a, as a striker in Brazil, and he just recently, within the last couple of years, you know, moved to the wing. And you know, his physicality would suggest that he definitely can do that. I saw a tweet earlier before the match and right, you know, right when the lineups came out and when it, w- it was talking about how Richarlison was going to go up against Wes Morgan and how he was essentially going to be bullied. And, you know, as we talk about, you know, as we talk about the match and how it progressed, we see how ironic that tweet ended up being, um, which I, I love it. I hope, I hope there are more like it and they continue to turn out in an ironic manner, but either way, I thought he played well, so you know we start off the match, and it, it was kind of slow. Lester definitely had more of the ball, and then out of nowhere, Bernard gets the ball on the left. I think he he uh, he crosses the ball and it's cleared, and then it's recycled to him again on the left. He takes on two defenders, makes them look absolutely <laughs> silly in the eighth minute. Crosses far post. Schmeichel gets like two fingertips on it, and. You know, he he pretty much did what he could there. And Richarlison was lurking at the back post and was able to was able to volley it in. And it was it was like a dream start, wasn't it? Absolutely. It was I mean, watching him just juke fake and then put a beautiful high rising and just dipping to the far post cross in. Uh it was everything that we want wanted and expected from Bernard. 
I thought he was incredible today, especially in the first half. The flair he brings to our side. I mean, we saw some of it when Richarlison first came into the team. Like, wow, this is something we've really been lacking. And then Bernard almost brings it to a different level with his ability to control the ball in tight spaces, uh, get out of tough situations. His vision uh, was one of the things that struck me. Although early on he did have a few wayward passes, he was looking to create every time he had the ball. Uh, and really looking to bring other players into the game as well, not just doing it himself. Of course, he has the pace to blow by players and the dribbling ability to do so as well, but always looking to pass and bring other players in. I was just blown away by what he offered us on the left. Uh, And I think Richarlison early on kind of was feeling things out. Lester clearly had, had, a lot of problems today trying to keep up with our front three and they looked scared. They were making bad challenges. They were getting beat. And it's just very encouraging going forward to know that really when we have our four best attacking players on the field, we look like a real threat. Right. I I was super skeptical again of Richarlison playing up front. Funny enough, actually I saw another tweet by Phil Kirkbride of the echo And he mentioned before the match that Richarlison has only played up top once in the Premier League under Marco Silva at Watford, which was also against Leicester City. And you guessed it, the scoreline was 2-1 to Watford, which is super funny. So, you know, it just, I guess Twitter just really knew something today. But in terms of Bernard, yeah, I mean, he, his technical ability is just like out of this world. Um, in terms of, again, in terms of technical ability, he almost makes Richarlison feel average or mediocre, Yeah, which is, which is insane because, you know, we see Richarlison play the first two or three matches of the season and, you know, we're sitting here like, okay, so this is what it feels like to, you know, to have a proper winger <laughs> and, you know, and, and we, we've gotten used to the likes of, uh, Aruna Kone and Aiden McGeady playing on the wings. Oh. So it's not it's it's night and day but either way i thought bernard brought sigurdsson in the in the game quite a bit in the first half as well every every single time we went forward we looked dangerous and you know that that was refreshing to see i remember walcott burst um on a counterattack on the right hand side in about the 30th minute and he goes down really, really easily, like one step outside the box from Harry Maguire, who decided to stand his ground. And it was annoying because it felt like, you know, he was really reaching for that, for that, you know, call. And, you know, also, if you pay close attention, Richarlison was um, bursting down the left-hand side. All it would have taken was a nice six or seven yard pass to the left, and Richarlison would have most likely buried it. So... You know, I, I thought Walcott was kind of spotty this match in terms yep. of decision making. Agreed. Uh, that you know, it it was a very mediocre game, but if that's you know if that's what you know Walcott looks like mediocre, then I'll take it because it's still better than you know what we're used to in the past. Yeah, I totally agree. I think offensively the front four looked good, but also their ability to press and neutralize anything that Lester might have had coming out from the back really set the tone. They Harry Maguire was on the ball a lot, 
playing out of the back, and he really couldn't make that pass to connect to their midfield very often. I think James Madison, who obviously we were linked with in the summer, looked pretty positive before he came off in the second half. Uh, But it seemed like they resorted to a lot of long balls over the top, and it almost paid off for them a few times. Vardy sitting on the shoulder of the last defender. Uh, There was not a single Leicester counterattack where I didn't hold my breath and just fingers crossed hope for the best. Because we know that's really how they play best when they're going at teams that are reeling. And again, that's something that we've been very poor at this season is defending the counterattack when we get forward for set pieces or corners. We really struggle to get back. And I guess any team struggles when you commit men forward. Obviously, there's that transitional period uh, where it's difficult to defend. But yeah, I thought that everything that we did, we cre- we looked by far the more dangerous team for most of the game, save maybe the first few minutes of the second half. I think Leicester scoring right before the half gave them a boost going into the locker rooms. And then they came out and the crowd was behind them and they looked uh, a little intimidating, but again, our defense very sound uh, saved John Joe Kenny, who I thought was absolutely horrible in the first half got absolutely rinsed by Ben Chilwell, who almost put in, put in a great cross and was almost a goal. Uh, and then ended up getting burned for the goal uh, again on the counterattack. So I thought he was poor, but the center backs, Michael Keane and Kurzuma pretty much cleaned up everything, did very well to prevent those type stepping forward to prevent uh, oftentimes Lester even getting the counterattack underway. And then when they did get something going forward, did a lot to win balls in the air and cut things out. Right. Yeah, exactly what I was going to say. Specifically about John Joe Kenny, um, we saw the counterattack. Ricardo, um, you know, is is pushing forward the left side of the box. He cuts back onto his right foot, and John Joe Kenny decides to slide there because he thought he was going to take the shot. Ricardo pulls it back on his left, and there it is, the the counterattacking goal. It was it was really annoying to see. You know, it's it's a very avoidable situation. If he just stays on his feet, you know, it probably would have been a much a much different outcome. Now that's you know that's easy for me to say as I'm sitting on my butt watching the game. <laughs> but um, you know that that'll also come with experience. But again, yeah, I Ben Chilwell on the left hand side, he uh, he he taught John Joe Kenny a thing or two today. He's I I will say that. I've never, you know, I rated Ben Showell, right? Watching him last season too. But this season, this game specifically, he's just looked outstanding. He looks like a really, really good left back. He's 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 really fast. He's strong. Um, he's good going forward. So I think that, you know, overall throughout the first half, I mean, we they had they had the majority of the possession, but we just looked like we took advantage of our possession. We were we were um pretty well, very fluid going forward. Um, you know, we were full of ideas, especially going down the left with with Bernard and Sigurdsson. So it was. I thought it was a good a good first half, even though you know it was it was it was very disappointing um, to concede beforehand. And then we come out in the second half, and there was just absolutely no tempo whatsoever. Like even in possession, you know, we get possession, the balls move to the wingers very quickly. And people are just jogging. And I, I didn't understand that. I could not figure it out. I, I still don't understand after, you know, after 45 minutes of play, you know, the only thing I think of, okay, they're tired, but why, why would you be tired? You know? 
Yeah, I think it was almost a testament to how Lester started where we were unable to impose ourselves when we came out of the locker room. They were looking to possess the ball more, kind of take the rhythm out of everything. But yeah, in attack, it really did look kind of stagnant, unfortunately. And then obviously the game completely changed when Wes Morgan was sent off for the foul on Richarlison, which not a red card challenge in itself, but he had been on thin ice for an aggregation of fouls throughout the course of the game. Uh, Some of them were very bad, obviously. And it was a deserved red card, frankly. I thought he had a horrible game. He looked completely off the pace against our front three, uh, making silly challenges. And so once he went off, it really changed our our mentality, I think. And we really looked to, uh, you know, get the kill shot, so to speak, and finish off the game. Uh, And so that was, yeah, that was how, once that, that really completely changed the game for me. Yeah, I'm... You know, I'm just sitting there thinking to myself, anxious as can be in the last, you know, 25 or so minutes, because I'm like, you know, we have to take advantage of the situation, you know, where the last couple of years, you just time after time, Everton doesn't, and that, that you feel like they can't. And I'm sitting there like, okay, you know, the tempo is just absolutely stripped away, right? On top of that, you know, he, he's been sent off, but I, I just don't know. And all of a sudden, you know, we kind of we kind of took control of the match, and that felt good. You know, I, I was I was getting really worried because I think it's very easy when you're focusing on breaking a team down. You know, specifically when they drop so many players deep because they lost a man, it's easy to lose concentration on the defensive side of things, especially with someone as pacey as Jamie Vardy, and and it just takes it takes one mistake or one killer ball. And, you know, you're now you're now down two to one. And that was something that I noted was, you know, we were getting somewhat lucky with the offside calls in terms, not not the fact that it was called offsides. Right. They were pretty clear, although close. But what I was you know, what I was alluding to is the fact that, you know, you're looking at the law of large numbers. Right. Right. You think that after, you know, after X amount of balls lobbed over the top, Jamie Fardy is going to finish a chance. Luckily, I thought he was pretty bad today. Pair that with the fact that Ihe Anacho was also poor. Um, but you can you, you can only play and beat the team in front of you, and sometimes that's okay, right? Like it's okay to get lucky, um, you know. And I, I don't know that I don't know that uh, this was considered lucky, but Sigurdsson did something kind of kind of slightly cool in the seventy seventh minute. He, uh, he 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 receives the ball and and does a filthy turn on James Madison. I think he takes one pretty big touch and then just blasts it. A nice, long, quick, strong dipping shot to the top left-hand corner. And it was it was magnificent. And just before that, he had another great shot from not the same spot, but similar distance. And also forced a save out of Schmeichel. And so it was almost like a little test drive. And then he finally got another in another good position. And I am, we know he's capable of that because that seems to be the type of goal that he's most consistent in scoring almost, which is crazy. But an absolute world-class goal from him. Great to see him in such fantastic form lately. Uh, I was jumping around ecstatic. Just gorgeous all around. Just kind of out of nothing almost i mean we were we were definitely pressuring them but 
uh, it didn't seem like anything was really going our way in the box. And then he just sort of picks that one out on a platter, a great strike and ends up being the winning goal. And it's funny how a few weeks ago we were talking about his influence on the game, not being enough. And now he's just on a great run of form scoring goals. One of our best players on the pitch. Uh, And I think towards the end of the game, we saw uh, Tosin come on and then Bernard move more centrally and then saw Sigurdsson drop deeper. And that's really what influenced uh, once he's on the ball and can look forward, his vision and his passing uh, makes much more of an influence. And I thought that that really showed. Yeah, it's interesting because we've moved him back to that central midfield role a couple times. And if I'm not mistaken, that happened a couple weeks ago when he scored um, when he scored a goal. I think that might have been his first goal of the season. He 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 had that late run, perfectly timed in the box, um, and scored the goal. I don't remember who it was against, but it's it's really interesting to see how he can still affect the game so well from you know that number eight role as opposed to the number ten, which. I mean, it's, it's not, it's not far fetched. Like, you know, your passing ability, your, your finishing ability are still obviously the key influencers and in how you play at the number eight role. And he obviously has the stamina to do so, right? He's probably right. one of the best in shape players ever. Um, but it, it, it was good to see Bernard in the middle because his pace was still pretty breathtaking, especially, you know, his acceleration, from yep. you know stop to start and to be able to drive the ball forward i thought richarlison he looked a, a little a little more confident on the left not not to say that he you know he played poor he didn't look confident up top but you can just tell that he really he's really made that left wing spot his own yes um agreed and you know from from that moment um there was we almost conceded on a corner in the 92nd minute yep Maguire. and i Right. And I was, I was literally like shuddering, like how, how is this going to pan out? And, and, you know, did we, you know, we probably got lucky again, but that's okay. Right. Because you have to create your own luck. Sigurdsson did that for us. We still deserve to win the match. Um, and, and, you know, so the, the only, the only thing, you know, generalized note that I did come to the conclusion of, and we've talked about this before, was I was really skeptical of Bernard and and the physicality of the Premier League, right? Like, dude is five foot four, five foot five, like one hundred and thirty pounds, and you know guys like that can make it, right? If, if they're if they're quick, if they're if they're technical, and you know what, he had absolutely no issues at all today, and that's he really was, that's yeah. really good to see. He was very elusive, and it's one of those. It's almost like a meme, like. You can't get tackled if you, they can't, you know, touch you. And he was, <laughs> he was, it, some of his touches I thought were almost poor, but then because of his pace, he was able to track it down. Like he would take a big touch. And then somehow I thought the Leicester player would get on it, but he just would accelerate, take it and, and be by people. And he really does offer a different, and Marco Silva has said it this many times, the Marco Silva word profile is one of his favorites, a different profile uh, of anyone else in our team with his finesse. Uh, and I'm really, really optimistic about his adaptation to the Premier League. He just looked the best player on the pitch by a long shot today. That's a hot take right there with how Sigurdsson performed. Um, <laughs> so I guess we can go ahead and transition into that conversation. So man of the match, are you taking Bernard as your man of the match? 
I think you have to just solely on the on the ha- back of the first half performance. I thought his influence kind of weaned as the game went on. But some of the the moves that he pulled off, I mean, the last it's rare to see an Everton. Can't remember the last time I saw an Everton player with a successful back heel that would come off, and he had a beautiful one. And his passing, again, I said it before, but his general influence on the game was was magnificent. I think you could probably have a shout for Sigurdsson as man of the match. Uh, and even maybe in defense, Kurt Zuma. I guess Kurt Zuma and Michael Keane were both excellent today, so not enough to be man of the match. But yeah, I'm t- I'm taking Bernard. What about you? I'm gonna have to go Sigurdsson. And and here's my here's my counterpoint. Right, Bernard in the first half. If we stopped at the first half, you would think by ten miles Bernard was man of the match. But as you said. And this could also be a product of how how the how Lester kind of took over the, for the first twenty or fifteen or twenty minutes of the second half, um, but his his influence really weaned off. Um, and you know, you saw Sigurdsson; he had fantastic interplay with Bernard. Um, he had a couple shots in the first half. He had you know a couple shots and a fantastic goal in the second half. But he he was very very consistent in how he affected the game controlled the tempo played from deep right and so i think that you have to go sigurdsson um with bernard very very close second um also if the if the commentators are correct coming into this match sigurdsson had three goals in the last three matches so if my math works out and and correct me if i'm wrong i think this makes it four and four which now that's that's a real finance guy uh (laughs) statistic right there hey I still got it going on. It's a Saturday and I can still, I can still get the cogs moving. So what I'm thinking is, you know, for an attack, for, for an attacking midfielder and specifically, you know, sometimes moving deeper, that's, that's really, really good to see with only about what, like a quarter of the season over. Yeah. Um, and, and you got to think how many times have, have the combinations up top changed on him too. So I'd be interested to see how many assists he has to this point in the league. Yeah, I think Bernard now has two, which I believe I saw a tweet that was the most of any Everton player this season, ah. uh, which is interesting because this was his first start. I think two players we haven't mentioned yet, uh, Drisa Gay and Tom Davies, both had great games as well. Drisa Gay, usual enterprising performance, working hard off the ball, winning the ball back. I thought, we know that's what he does best, and it just every game you can expect it from him, but it's still very encouraging to know that we have him to rely on. And I thought Tom Davies played really well. I thought he was looking to get the ball forward. His defensive uh, performance was pretty positive as well. He was looking to put tackles in. He did have a pretty cynical challenge to prevent a Leicester counterattack. So I think it ended up being a positive, but he was winning balls in the air in midfield, uh, distributing. And I think that that partnership is really our best bet moving forward. Uh, once Gomez comes in, that changes that, that equation a little bit. And I think he could slot into that role in a similar way and maybe offer more, but he's an unknown quantity at this point. I think all Evertonians are really excited to see him come back. And I think we can get into that in a little bit. But uh, that partnership between Idrissa Gay and Tom Davies, there's enough differences between the two in that they offer different properties, different 
different qualities. And so it allows us to have some sort of dynamism in the midfield. Whereas when we have Idrissa Gay and Snyderlin alongside each other, it's very well known amongst Evertonians that they kind of serve the same purpose. So it's kind of a redundant pick. Uh, Davies offers something different. And I think he's growing more comfortable in his role. Yeah, I think... I think the captain's armband has helped him out a lot in terms of confidence, right? Like young players need, um, they, they feed more off confidence than, than more experienced players do. And that's because, you know, experienced players have gone through, you know, dips in form and, and have played against many, many different types of opponents, different scenarios, whereas younger players are learning everything at once all the time. And so I think the armband helped him out a lot. Marcos Silva, um, talked about him in his press conference the other day, uh, mentioned how, you know, everyone needs to support Tom Davies. You know, he needs the confidence in himself. And I thought he showed great confidence today. He had, he had good balls moving for uh, good forward passes, which has been the case in the last couple of matches. So I think, as you said, you know, for the, for the near, near future, um, those two will stay in the center of the park and, you know, speaking of the near future, so I believe we have an international break this coming re- weekend, correct? Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> correct. Uh, that that never tends to work out well for Everton, does it? No, I'm sure we'll come back with about half our squad with, you know, ankle injuries and fractures and the like. Um, two weeks off, you would think would bode well because you have those injuries that we're, we're looking to bring players back from. Andre Gomez, Yeri Mina, Integrate them into the squad james mccarthy as well and seamus uh, coleman don't forget him as and well. seamus coleman can't forget seamus coleman i think kenny has had been positive and very encouraging up until this game didn't really do it for me today i think once coleman's back he comes back into the side and that will be our back four and once we can get that type and i really think based off what we've seen so far yeri mean is going to have a hard time coming into the side i don't know how you can bring off either Zuma or Keen at this point, given their form. I agree. And that's that's a great problem to have. That's what you want. I right. will, I would like to remind everyone, at the beginning of the season, before Coleman got injured, he was actually pretty poor for the first like two or three matches prior, you know, prior to that. Yeah. He he didn't look good defensively. He didn't look good offensively. And I think that was the first time we've really seen that from Seamus Coleman, or at least the first time I can think of the fact that you know he wasn't he wasn't even close to average really so yeah yeah i agree i it just it's hard because he had the horrible injury came back last season looked very very good i still think there's something to be said for getting him a consistent run of games to integrate himself with the new teammates he's working with the new center back partnerships and new midfielders i guess his partnership with walcott has never really been a bright spot for us but given both of their presumed quality i think that that could be a a promising uh promising partnership it one of the things that i did note after the match i saw the statistic so 48 percent of our attacks came down the left 25 percent through the center and 27 percent on the right so we continue to see that emphasis on the left hand flank uh, offensively going going down to the other end. Right. Yeah, that's, so that's a good point. I'm, I'm hoping that with, with Coleman coming back, that that can sort of reach some sort of balance. That being said, 
Richarlison and Bernard on the left, either one of them, whoever's there, I think poses much more of a threat than Walcott. Walcott is good to switch things up, but he doesn't have the technical touch or finesse to escape players. He can run all day long and he's got tremendous pace, but he doesn't have that little, the step overs, the flicks, the cleverness, I guess is the best way to say it to really be as dynamic of an influence on the right-hand side. So I think we'll continue to see the left-hand side be emphasized. And based on today, I couldn't be more excited for it, really. Right. I think hopefully, um, barring no fresh injuries, I'm going to assume that we'll see this this front four again next time Everton resume. Um, another, another quick side note, Marco Silva plans on hosting a match at Finch Farm, I think, this upcoming week you know, while players are on international duty to kind of continue working on the shape and the pressing, especially because he has to integrate some more players in and and all these new combinations in different parts of the pitch. So it should be good. I think it's going to be a positive, a positive break for us. It's really important to go off on a high note. And so I think this tees everyone up for a fantastic weekend and hopefully um, keeps us positive for you know the next go around in a couple weeks yeah i'm gonna be distraught without everton to watch but i'm sure there'll be plenty of developments to talk about uh over the international break before we come back against crystal palace and i do hope to see gomez as well as uh as well as yeri mina come in and be fit right yeah see how that influences our team selection yeah So I hope everyone enjoyed the episode today. Um, Thanks so much for tuning in. As always, check out the Everton subreddit if you haven't already. Um, It's a fantastic community, like 12.5 thousand people. Um, And, you know, it's, it's, it's nice to interact with fellow fans that way. A lot of good content comes out of that as well. You know, other, other people on the subreddit create their own content videos and that sort of thing. So it's a nice tight knit community. If you're in the community already, thanks so much for, for supporting us. Um, you know, the last couple months and specifically now as as we're really making steps to, you know, legitimize the the podcast even more. Please, if you listen specifically on Reddit or you know anywhere else, really um, comment and let us know. Like, give us feedback as to how we're doing. You know how what you think about it. It can be positive or negative. It does not matter. We we prefer any and all. If you're listening on iTunes or or Google Play or Spotify, shoot us an email at americantoffee at gmail.com and just let us know because we really appreciate that as well. Lastly, please follow us on Twitter at USA Toffee Pod or you can just search American Toffee Podcast up in the search bar and give us a follow there. We've been active on it. We got new, you know, graphics thanks to James. So that's really exciting. We really like it. How do you think that turned out? Turned out? I'm a big fan. I really like it. Uh, The guy did a great job and and I think it's very appropriate for our pod. I hope everyone else likes it as well. We did just a little, you know, background. We used the same exact hex color from the current Everton crest for the blue in the logo. So we wanted to, you know, kind of incorporate different elements, obviously American, big part of our identity, but also the Everton in us to shine through. So I think that really came through with our logo. I'm excited. I think it looks very clean and let us know what you think. We'd love to hear your thoughts. So 
we appreciate all the feedback. Yep. And lastly, um, we still plan on recording, you know, twice a week through the international break. So hopefully you guys look forward to that and have a fantastic weekend.